Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Today is Monday, March 9th, my mom's birthday. Yay! So she gets the special happy birthday song. Not everybody does, but because I know she's listening. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear mommy. Happy birthday to you. I won't tell you how old she is today because she won't ever forgive me. She passed a mark a long time ago where she said she knew she was getting older when she had to start lying about my age. (laughs) Said she couldn't possibly have a daughter as uh, aged as I am. Time marches on, right? But, you know, every birthday cause for celebration. My mom always had a uh, knack for making birthdays special. And so, fortunately, she is starting to feel better, although not, still not up to full snuff. And she's um, coming out of the weeds, though, just as my stepdad is going in. He's about a week behind her, sick-wise. So hopefully once they're done with this flu, then they will be done. It would be terribly unfair for them to get anything else. <laughs> we'll do the knock on wood on that, right? We'll have to do it. So, let's see, Monday morning. I'm getting ready to get back at work. I uh, passed... Well, I'm, I'm pretty much at the midpoint. Numerically, I have, um, I'm a little shy of midpoint on The Promised Queen. I am at a little over 54,000 words. So I will cross midpoint today. But I'm at the, you know, it's funny when we talk about these beats, um, you know, like Act 1 Climax or... Act 2 Climax, Act 3 Climax, all of these things, or Midpoint, we put it down, or I do, I do, I put it down to a word count, that's how I do it, is, you know, so I know that, like, say, in a 100,000 word book, that the Act 1 Climax is going to be approximately 25,000 words, and of course, it's not exactly at 25,000 words, you know, usually, give or take a thousand puts it in the neighborhood. But then depending on the sort of beat that it is, something like midpoint. Midpoint is not always well-defined, but people talk about it as being the turning point in the story. So depending on how you envision your particular structure, and there's a lot of different ways to divide it up. For me, I use the three acts. So act one is the first 25%. Act two is the middle 50%. So it goes from 25 to 75. And then act three is the last 25. It's not the same as like when you go to musical theater, which is almost always done in two acts, right? And Almost always the first act is longer than the second, if you pay attention to the times. Very rarely are 
the second act as long as the first and I don't know if it's ever longer. Maybe the maybe the musical theater aficionados can correct me, but it's um pretty pretty tried and true. And I think in musical theater the way it works is that <clears throat> intermission generally occurs at what in a book we would consider to be the act two climax. So then the musical theater's second act is really act three. So sometimes, though, in musical theater, they'll break um, act two in half in the same way. So you'd have act one, the first half of act two, midpoint intermission, then the second half of act two, and then act three. In movies, it's not always as clear, but in movies, there's almost always, you know, when you're halfway through the movie, because in a well-constructed movie, there will be a turning point. It will be when everything pivots. Um, it's like everything really goes to hell. Or it turns out that everything is not what you thought it was. So that midpoint pivot is, is a big change, is, is basically what it comes down to, which I know makes it sort of nebulous and... Um, it's part of why it's difficult to explain to especially newbie writers, you know, like what happens at the midpoint. And sometimes people give it a uh, more specific beat than that. And it kind of depends on genre, like what happens at the midpoint. But for me, it's when there's a, a new level of understanding or we discover things are really different than what they thought they were. And very often, my midpoint will take a couple of chapters. So uh, very often, like the chapter before and the chapter after, I'll consider to be the midpoint. So that's all probably more explanation than you needed. But anyway, I'm crossing that midpoint, and from here things are going to be different. <laughs> That's going to really change a few things. Well, I'm sorry, I shouldn't do that because then I start thinking about where the story is going to go from here. I am not exactly sure what's going to happen today. I know what Leah needs to accomplish. I'm not sure how she's going to accomplish it. But we shall find out. It's always the interesting thing for me about writing is I get to find these things out. So let's see, what else? Um, went to kick my ass yoga on Saturday morning. That was great. Kicked my ass. We tried to go kayaking that afternoon, but we had a pretty narrow window. You know, it's still early spring here. And it was supposed to be in the 60s and not too windy down at Cochiti. So after yoga, I got back and I did a uh, did my mastermind call with Grace Draven. And we went through some things. That was a good call. It's always a joy to talk with her. And then we were doing some things about this first time we'd had the kayaks out this year since we first got them last fall. And 
the upshot is, is David couldn't quite remember how we had lashed them onto the rack. And we we got partway down the highway and one of them came loose. Fortunately, it only, you know, the, the um, sort of the safety leads caught it. It didn't go flying off on the highway, but it did come loose. And so we had to pull over and reattach it. And it busted one of the buckles on the straps. And he was kind of stressed about it, understandably. He did a good job of, you know, keeping the car in line. But, you know, it had taken us a while to get them strapped on there improperly. And, you know, he was, it, it was just getting to the point where it wasn't worth it. So I said, let's just go home. So we went home and unloaded them again, put them away. We have these um, police, we hang them from the garage ceiling. And then he went and watched his YouTube videos. <laughs> what did we do without them? And figured out what he'd done wrong. Then he was kicking himself. He was like, oh, I was doing it backwards. I should have, you know, and I said, well, you know, first run's trial run of the season. Not a big deal. So I just hung out and read for the rest of the afternoon, taking my day off. And then yesterday I did work on my taxes. I'm almost done. You guys will be happy to hear that. I've put in all of the expenses from the various credit cards or debit accounts or PayPal, all of that stuff. And all and mileage, I figured out all of my mileages. And so now I only have to put in the paper receipts, which is mainly a matter of just either confirming credit card charges or putting in receipts for stuff I spent cash on. And then I just have to put down the categories for the various expenses and send it off to the CPA. So that'll be good to get off my plate. Then I can go on with my life and get back to some of these other things. I think I'm going to try recording Sorcerer's Moons. My friend Emily Ma is going to help me master it or teach me how to master it myself. And then I am going to see if I can just do the audio recording myself. Recorded by the author. So that'll be interesting, huh? I think I forgot to tell Grace about that. I should. We sort of go through all of our various plans and what we're working on. She has some really cool things in the offing. I can't really tell you guys about them, but she's got several really neat things planned. You're going to like if you if you like that sort of thing. <laughs> Grace has a really neat aesthetic sense, and so she's going to use that to put a few things together. I received a copy of Leslie Penelope's Ark of Cry of Metal and Bone. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, that's right. I can see it over there on the shelf. So I'll be doing a giveaway of that sometime soon. I haven't decided when. I just did a giveaway in my newsletter of several books that St. Martin's sent me. So I have a winner for those, and I'll get those mailed out this week. Um... It's four books, Everyday Hero by Laura Trentham and also Highlander in a Pickup by Laura Trentham, Wild Wild Rake by Jana McGregor, and can we see what the top one is? I've got things on top of it. Oh, Emily March, and it's 
something, something springs, the McGregors of Texas. So anyway, I'm going to send those out to my lucky winner. I guess St. Martin's is going to be sending me these books monthly. So I will, um, these, none of these are really up my alley. So in those cases, I will give them away immediately. If I do read them, I'll try to read them quickly and then send them on out into the universe after. So subscribe to the newsletter if you want to be in on those giveaways. It's, uh, you can find it on my website. Actually, I should put the link on here. I really should. I will do that. That would be wise of me. So, otherwise, I have been reading Annie Belay's 20-Sided Sorceress series. I had the omnibus of the first three books, Urban Fantasy, uh, in my Kindle already from being together in the story bundle, the Southwest story bundle a year or so back. That was the same reason that I was reading. Um, no, that was a different one. Megan Sienna George's The Cupcakes and Trinkets and something. And Other Deadly Magic, maybe. I'm bad with book titles, apparently. Um, I had hers because that was a freebie, but she had her Reconstructionist one in the story bundle also. So I've been sort of clearing through my... Uh, my TBR, right? My to be red pile, <coughs> making a valiant effort. One of the problems with the TBR, right, is that I do something like I read Annie Belay's omnibus of the first three books, and then I went and bought book four, and I just finished that, and now I'm reading book five. <laughs> so it it escalates the TBR pile in a way. But I think she just finished writing book 10, which is the one that wraps the whole thing up. So maybe my timing is excellent. <coughs> they are short books. They are very fast reads. I think they are only, when I look at it on Amazon, they're only about 200 pages, which I figure puts them at something like 60,000 words, 65,000 words. So they are fast reads. And I can see why the series is popular. It's it's very fun. Uh, my one beef with urban fantasy, and this is not against Annie in any way, because I think Annie is being very, very true to her genre. But it's it's one of those things that make urban fantasy not my favorite thing, depending on who writes it, is that the romance tends to get sort of short shrift. And, you know, it's it's there. The romance is there. Um, and, you know, with Annie's books, it's been the same love interest from the beginning. But you just don't get much of the actual interaction. In fact, I was... I was bitterly disappointed. And again, this is not Annie's fault because I think you know, a lot of people, a lot of readers prefer it this way. But the hero and heroine, you know, got together, had sex together for the first time in between books one and book two. You know, so you like you had the 
the kiss at the end of book one, and then book two, um, they are lovers. And you know, that's just like one of my favorite things. <laughs> I just it's one of my favorite parts is the whole getting together thing. And so I was I was kind of bummed. And and so though they're still working out their relationship and so that stuff is there, but it's like not the the meaty romance that I I like. And sometimes people, if I complain about this, people will say to me, you know, they'll say, Well, I don't have to have romance in my books. And it's like, well, I don't either. I'm 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 fine reading a book that does not have a romance. But if you tease me with the romance, if you like put it there, but then don't actually give me the meat of it, then I do mind. I do miss it. Clearly, I don't miss it enough, you know, not to keep reading and enjoying these books. But yeah, it's like, uh, it's kind of like um, when you go to dinner at someone's house and they don't feed you enough food. You're like, they say, oh, come over for dinner. And and they set, and, and it smells really good. And then they set, give you a plate with like, I don't know, three of those microwave quiches on it. And mini quiches. <laughs> I don't know. I think those little microwave mini quiches are nasty. But you get my point. You know, it's, and then you sit there and you kind of nibble on your microwave mini quiches. And you're like, oh, okay. I thought I was actually getting yummy dinner. But if, if they told you, if they'd never told you you were getting dinner, you would have been fine, right? You know, it's like you you would have gone and you would have hung out and you would have been perfectly fine. But it's that tease. It's that getting that expectation and then having it like not quite give you the full yummy experience you were hoping for. So, but you know, that's very true of a lot of urban fantasy. And I have seen romance readers say, come to the conclusion, you know, saying, maybe I just really don't like urban fantasy because urban fantasy does give more room that the, uh, you know, protagonist can have multiple lovers or um, several different lovers over the course of the books, you know, going through different things. But it, it is not, it does not satisfy that romance itch a lot of the time. <coughs> So that's my that's my take on this. But I very much enjoy the way um, Annie is building the powers of her heroine. Jade Crow is a very interesting heroine, and I like how she is sort of. It, it's almost like a big. The series is a big training montage, and she's gradually building her abilities. Um, so it's it's very cool. So I recommend this series. I really do. Um, and it, it's not like microwaved mini quiches at all. <laughs> it's just, if you want romance, it's um, maybe a better analogy would be like if you were expecting dessert and you saw like a big frosted cake on the counter, but then you're given um, an after dinner mint or a bowl of sherbet. And it turns out that the big frosted cake is for the kids bake sale the next day and you're like okay fair enough I 
was never promised cake. I don't have to have cake, but at the same time, it's like, damn, the cake looked really good. It would have been amazing cake. All right, I'm letting it go now. Um, I've, I did forget to mention that it was um, really pretty morning here. In the early spring like this, we get fogs that come in. And it was foggy this morning, and the full moon was setting. And I tried to get a photo of it. We'll see if they came out. I was out there for a little while with the tripod when I upload this podcast. I will see. If I was successful, you will see a beautiful moon picture with this. Um, if not, you might see a crappy moon picture <laughs> with this. Um, so it's a little chilly to be outside, but it really is neat fog. Beautiful, beautiful morning. So I will remind you that um, first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. And you can find more podcasts you will love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. You all take care. Bye-bye.